This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. It's uh, it's definitely winter. We just went through that the is. winter solstice. And um, a lot of people don't really know what that means, I, I discovered. But the winter solstice is the day when we have the least amount of sunlight. Of sunshine, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sunlight. And then... Yeah. And, and then the shortest the, day of the, the year. Well, shortest because daylight time. Daylight, yeah. So yeah. So in the summer, yeah, then the summer That's right. And that's where we have from. Uh, I, I forget what the deal is. How many hours of sunlight? But it's the most we ever get, and then we go the other way. So I said to right. Pat last night. I said, "Hey, you know, summer solstice started yesterday." This is winter, Thursday winter. when we're talking. I'm sorry, yes, the winter solstice. So I said the good news is that we get at least one to two minutes of daylight every day until yeah. June. So yay! This is that's a good exactly thing. what I, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, because yeah. that's the only thing I don't like about June 21st, even though it's the the longest day of light um, yeah. of the year. I I just it always makes me a little bit sad because you have the whole me summer. Too. And it's like Me too. Couple, it ticks off sometimes. I'm like, oh, but anyway, um, I love the spring, so it's it's all it's good. It's all positive. Yeah, it is good. So, so yep. you're all ready you're for all, Christmas? Yeah, just about whatever I don't have, I don't have, and I can make up in between. Christmas is over. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna see a million people from now until Christmas, and you're listening to us on Christmas Eve. Um, you know, I can certainly um, do what I have to um, afterwards. So I'm not, I don't get, as long as I have the people I'm going to be with and my things that I need for, you know, to eat and food, and then I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to do a, uh, a new thing this year, which I think I may have spoken about before on the radio. I'm not sure. But we usually go to my sister's home for uh, for Christmas, and they usually come 
to our lake house for Thanksgiving. That's just kind of a thing we developed. You know, doesn't necessarily mean it's airtight, but this year, uh, what I've been saying is that because my niece and her husband and their now two-year-old daughter uh, and one on the way, um, they are living in the other side of the duplex that my sister lives in. And they bought, they actually bought the house on the other side. So that used to be where we stayed when we went down there. There was, you know, bedrooms upstairs and obviously everybody would find a bedroom and we were all cool. But once they moved in and they started living there and used bedrooms for office space and nurseries and all the other stuff, there was really no place for us to stay. So my sister said to me this year, I think what we're going to do is one of the rooms on the other side of the house, meaning my niece's side, has a twin bed in it. And they're going to make it into a nursery. So we're going to bring the twin bed that's over there into the bedroom that's on our side that has one twin bed. And we will have a room for the two of you to stay. And I said, yay, that's wonderful. Because... It's not just the fact that it's a cost for us every time we go there. We have to find a hotel room. And hotel rooms in Chestnut Hill, you know, uh, Philadelphia area are not cheap. It was also the fact that we'd have to schlep back and forth. So if we'd have dinner, we'd have to leave at a certain time, get back, and then get up in the morning and check out, pack, and then drive down to my sister's. So the fact that we're there and we can be there with a two-year-old who will now be so excited about Santa and all the things that have been brought by Santa, is it's just wonderful. To me, this is just the best. So I said to my sister, I recall that that is, that bedroom from having been there is the coldest room in the house. So just before we recorded the show, I ran up to the True Value Hardware Store and bought a little ceramic heater to put on the floor. And I just, I just think this will be a lot of fun if I remember to bring it with me. But whatever. So um, you'll that's remember. what we're going to do. I'll what? You'll remember. I hope. Yeah, you'll. I hope. It's, it'll be an unusual thing, you know, to, to bring that with me because it's pretty much down to a science. You know, you have suitcases of this, that, and the other thing, and it's just going to be fun to remember to bring down the ceramic heater. Anyway, um, I know it's going to be bitter cold, and as you are listening to this, uh, it will be bitter cold. Uh, probably the coldest, they said. It, it may break a record right. how cold it's going to be. But... Right. I think of my niece, too, who moved from Orlando, Florida, to Chicago, Illinois, in November. I don't know what she was thinking. But who did? They are my niece from Florida. She and her husband, her new husband, they got married this past spring. Uh, they moved there. They got fabulous jobs, and I guess they had friends who had moved to Chicago. They had visited them. And they were in love with the city of Chicago oh, until, I think, until this. 
So I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to fare through all this. But I, I was getting an email the, uh, earlier today from someone who lives in Chicago who was mentioning that they're having some kind of a webinar on Friday and hoping that everybody would send them best wishes because they live in Chicago, Illinois, and it was supposed to be 30 degrees below zero on Saturday. And the first thing I thought of was, how in God's name is my niece, who was born and raised in Florida, going to deal with this kind of cold? Ugh. But, you know, that's their choice. They're, 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 they're adults. They're big kids. And they do what they yeah. want to do. And talk about going from, I hate, we were, I was talking about that. I am not a fan of extreme weather, hot nor cold. So, right. um, you know, I hate Florida for that. I mean, I love Florida, but I hate the, the heat. Uh, my, yeah. my brother Timmy was telling me that he said, Larry, it was like 75 days straight where it was over 90 degrees this past, like summer yeah. into fall. He said it was just relentless. So, yeah. um, mm-mm. nope, no interest. No. But what are you going to do? It's what it is. We're here in a northeastern Pennsylvania. You never know what we will get in the form of weather. I remember a few years ago, I had my door, my back door open in my kitchen <laughs> because it was 55, almost 60 degrees, and it was wonderful. The sun was out. It was a beautiful <laughs> day. I don't know if it was nice. 2017 or 16 or one of those, it was beautiful. And I thought, oh, That was for wow. Christmas, you mean. For Christmas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I just said I think that's that's the interesting thing is that it it just is the most incredible um, contrast from one day to the next. And, Mm -hmm. and, but it's not as severe as it is in places like you're talking about, like in Florida versus Chicago. I just, I don't, yeah, I'm not happy person when i'm in that kind of weather either and i remember going to see my brother in florida in august and i i thought how can you do this this is like being in in a tropical forest yeah exactly oh uh-uh. but there they are what are you going to do people love it and people hate it and then some are in between but i'm on the far end of no and I don't oh, like when it snows before Christmas. There's so many things people have to do, and it derails so many things. So it can yeah. snow all it wants after, but we've gotten hit two, two week, you know, two weekends in a row. It's yeah. Although it's just raining now, but because that, as you were saying, that dip is going to happen tomorrow. Um, you know, it's it's scary. But what do you do? And do you have any family? traditions that you do on Christmas Eve? No. Mm-mm. We never did. We're Irish. Um, so, what, what does know, that mean? We grew, well, Italians do so many wonderful traditions on Christmas Eve with the seven fishes and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we never did. We used to, and this is the truth, I, we laugh about it all the time. My mother would um, call it, um, she would take us, my father always worked, I thought I told the story, but my father always worked on Christmas Eve till 9 mm-hmm. o'clock because he had, you know, beer distributors, so of course it was packed. So we, he, I don't even think he came home for, for dinner because it was just, it was just so busy. 
So it would be the four of us, sometimes my Nana, because sometimes she went to one of her other daughters. So sometimes she was there and sometimes she wasn't. Usually she wasn't at Christmas. She usually would go to one of her other children, either in Texas or in New Jersey. So Mm -hmm. it would be my mom and the four of us. And she would always take us. This is weird, but years ago, it just wasn't that often. My mother, being a nurse, of course, always wanted us to eat balanced nutritional meals. And it just was how we had things in our home. So we weren't allowed, as many people back in the day, were not allowed to go to fast food restaurants. So my mother, as a treat to us, <laughs> would take us to McDonald's on Kaiser Avenue, the old McDonald's yeah. with the arches and stuff. <laughs> and so we would go there. We would go to McDonald's, and we would, we'd be thrilled because we were going <laughs> for fast food that we just didn't have routinely. Not because my, it just, you know, it was always like, it's just that good for you. Not that we never went, but very infrequently. So yeah. um, when yeah. we we went, it was a big treat to us. And so mm-hmm. then we would go to, we would have dinner, a, a, a cheeseburger. My mother would even make a split of a small French fry. That's how crazy it was. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. So um, anyway, then, then we would come home and then get ready and put our new, we always got, my sister and I always, my brothers had new pajamas that matched and my sister and I always had our night, our, our matching nightgowns and we would always get pictures. I'm going to send you a picture of one of them. It was okay. um, like a flannel linen. It was white and it had little puffy mm-hmm. sleeves and a little trim around the neck and it had red um, ribbon um, in between, like sewn into a felt, white felt nightie. It was beautiful. I have a picture of it. And so anyway, okay. um, so we would have our, you know, a bath and our hair done and everything ready to go. And then my mother would call it a stocking ceremony. And she, we would, each of us would go in one by one and we would hang our stockings on the mm-hmm. fireplace. And then it was just sort of a ritual. Like we would each walk in, by, process in by ourselves in our nightgown, in our pajamas, and hang <laughs> our stocking. And then we would go out to the kitchen. My father would come mm-hmm. home, and we would have, like, hot chocolate and cookies or whatever we, you know, we wanted for Christmas. That was what happened. So that was mm-hmm. the tradition that we had for many, 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 many That's years great. when we were little. Because and we, and we would, then we made fun of it with my mother for years afterwards. Like, you know, Mom, yeah. are you ready for the stocking ceremony? And she, <laughs> But the thing about the stocking, which was so important, is that we got the best gifts we got were inside of our stocking. I used to love oh. to um, find, like, I had this beautiful amethyst ring that I wanted, and my mother put that inside of my stocking. And, like, mm-hmm. different things like that, we always found that I found that they were the most important, significant little things were in, you know, for girls, it's easy to put small, you know, jewelry or little things like that that make you happy. So it's funny because now I put things in my stocking here on my for my kids, and I have a stocking, but do you think there's ever anything in that stocking? No. 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 Because nobody no, no. thinks of getting anything in my stocking. They're just thinking of gifts and blub. So my stocking right. hangs unfilled while everyone else's is filled. Huh. Now, I could put some of the things that I clearly I buy all the time because I'm one of these people, when I buy Christmas, I'm like, okay, this one for this one, this one for that, and this one will be for me. 
So Good. I could put my own things in there, but, like, what's the point of reaching in when you already know what it is? Yeah. So. Anyway, exactly. that's my that's my tradition. Uh, that's a we good to, one. We're going we're to ask you yours when we come back. We have to yes. take a quick break. Okay. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie. Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA One Source Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA One Source Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Hey, we're back. Uh, you're listening to Lori and Lynn Show. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the uh, certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. So we were talking before the break. Yeah. Do you have traditions? Yeah, yeah. And and that's why I was thinking about it, because Patrick and I were talking last night, uh, just very um, in the moment. We were talking about some of the things that we did as kids. And believe it or not, if you can just even imagine this, Patrick A. DiNapoli was an altar boy who would always serve midnight mass. Oh, well, I could believe he, it. Yeah, well, and I, I said to him, I said, I don't understand something. I said, 
how how did you go to midnight mass and then be home in time to get into bed so that Santa wouldn't miss your house? I said, you know, that there's something that doesn't make sense there. He said, oh, I don't know. He said, so somehow, I said, well, then by the time you got to bed, it was probably like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, yeah, probably it was. I said, and then you had your parents up at, you know, 5 because you were ready to go, <laughs> to the go down. Yeah. yeah. And he said, I don't really remember that. I said, well, okay. And then I, I said that, you know, it's what you just mentioned about the Italians and, and the traditions they have. And they always went to one of his, they weren't really technically considered to be true relatives, but they were just part of the group of people that probably all came from the old country, you know, and they were second generation, first generation, some of them. And so they just considered themselves family. And they would go to this one home that was in the block, and the woman of this this couple, he always referred to her as Aunt Mimi, and she was the Italian cook extraordinaire. And everybody wanted to come to Mimi's house for dinners because she was such a great cook. And so that's where they would end up on Christmas Eve. They would go there. And have the seven fishes kind of thing. And then on Christmas Day, they kind of scattered around and went to other families and other parts of the the neighborhood. But that was the point, was that it was all the neighborhood. Until Cat got into his teenage years. And then some of the relatives left Brooklyn and went to Long Island. And then you had to have a car or you had to have trains or something else. So that was a different story. Uh, but he said that, you know, it was always something where there was just tons and tons of food. And I said, well, we had a very interesting split because uh, we celebrated Christmas Eve on here in North Main Avenue, you know, like where across from where your family was. And it was the Evans side of the family. And my mother used to make fabulous, fabulous dinners, uh, like standing rib roasts and things like that that were just incredible, incredible pieces of meat and, and all the fixings that went along with it. And then we would have to leave by 8.30, and we would have to go to the Presbyterian Church for the 9 o'clock service. And when my great-grandmother was alive, she, of course, would come to our house with her children. And that would include my grandfather. And everybody would just pack up and get in the cars and go to church. And then we'd come back home, and everybody would then, of course, have to rush to bed because we wanted to make sure that we were in bed before Santa got there. And so... Um, we'd get up in the morning, 5 o'clock. It was one of those things that my, we had a relay race. My sister and I slept in one bedroom, and my brother was in his own bedroom in the back of the house. And he would, he would literally crawl up the hallway and try to not wake up my parents. Of course, they were completely aware of what he was doing. And he would knock on our door 
and just try to come in and, again, not make anybody aware of the fact that he was there. But he, in a stage whisper, you know, it's, come on, let's go downstairs and see what Santa brought. And he'd say, it's too early, it's too early, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so then he'd jump into bed with us, and then he'd bug us again. Come on, it's time to go down. So eventually we would all start to creep down the steps and see if we could look through the banisters into the front room where all the gifts were. And then we would try to figure out, it's still dark, obviously. It, it's still very dark on December 26th, 5th, and say, um, what do you think is there? And um, now my parents were listening to this whole thing, but they didn't let on. And so finally we would say, can we go downstairs now, please? You know, and then, yes, okay, just a minute. So they would let us run down the steps. We would tear into all the gifts, turn the lights on, turn the tree lights on, and they would come downstairs looking like they, you know, were ready to kill us because they had been up putting all the stuff together the night before after we got back from church. Yep. Then, then my, um, my, father's sister uh, that would be Aunt Gloria and Uncle Roy and their two kids would come to our house and we would exchange gifts and my mom always made a phenomenal breakfast we'd have steak and eggs and home fries and baked goods and all that stuff so from 11 12 o'clock somewhere in there that would be another feast then they would leave and then we'd all pack up everything and go to my mother's side of the family. So my grandmother had one had five children, and I had thirteen first cousins. So when we all got together at Grandma's house middle of the afternoon, there were just tons and tons of people, and all different ages. And inevitably, there would be the big table with with all three leaves in it. And a kitchen table that was for the really small kids. And then Santa Claus would make an appearance about 7 or 8 o'clock at night on the side door, which was usually one of my aunts or uncles. And they would have a big red sack. And in that, there were gifts for all the grandchildren. And then we would yeah. see him go away. And we'd hear something on the roof. And that was the end of the day. Then everybody would go home exhausted. <laughs> it was a lot of family, a lot of family, a lot of food. And it's just, I guess the older you get, the more you miss all of that, even though in the moment of it, it seems like chaos, just chaos. It but, does, <clears throat> but it's fun to look back on it and it think about it because you know what, Lynn, it's, um, it's different, you know, in our, in our, my brother Timmy, and he still goes to bed very early, gets up very early because of his job. But he goes, yeah. he's just one of these kids. My father used to go to bed early. So he does and gets up. And so he was always the first kid up. And I'll never forget the way he was 3.30 in the morning. Oh! And he came, and my sister and I, we had our room in the attic, our, our, house our, room, our attic was remodeled and that's yeah. where barbara and i had our bedroom so i don't know if we were up there yet or if we were in the front room on north main but timmy got us all up and we were like mm -hmm. tiptoeing 
all down the steps and we're like just got down to the bottom of the steps and we were like all right my mother would leave let the christmas lights on all night you know and yeah. we down there and our eyes are all aglow you know and we're like oh and all of a sudden we hear big jim from the top get he said get the hell back to bed right now it's 3 30 in the morning <laughs> and we all flew up the steps and went back to bed but that <laughs> we still i always think that get the hell back to bed uh, and they were like because they were exhausted you know doing what yeah. they had to do and and timmy was always up early and timmy could do no wrong in our family you know my father oh. he was my father's baby and that was it. Mm-hmm. But that's what he bellowed from the top of the steps. So we flew up there <laughs> running into him as we were going to our uh, respective rooms, but it was hysterical. I'll never forget well, then, that one. And neither well, was then how did you get down there? Lunch. What do you mean? When, when were you allowed? When were you allowed to go? Oh, when, when it was about like 6, 6.30 then by the time oh, okay. normal early Cadden time, yeah. you know, got up yeah. between 6, 6.30. And then we all went down when my father was ready to go down and had the coffee on. And we all flew mm-hmm. down the steps then. But, you know, our my mother always put the tree in right... Um, in in the foyer, right, uh, the stairwell went up a couple steps, yeah. and there was a big square landing, and then it went up another direction. So there was mm-hmm. this little area right uh, right beneath, you know, along the um, stairwell where the tree would always go. It was tucked away, and, and that's yeah. so we could see it as we were walking down the steps because through the yep. banister, you could see the... the you know, not necessarily the presence, but the tree was lit, and we were because we always had to tear, turn the tree off at night. But Christmas Eve, we were we could leave it on because you know Santa was coming down the chimney. Yeah, and um, yeah. you know, the, the, the right beyond the foyer was where our our living room was. So, mm-hmm. um, at where the stockings were hung with care, you know. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. so yeah, but that's what Jim yelled down from the upstairs. It's pretty funny. <clears throat> What did you always leave cookies and milk for Santa? Always, and and um, and uh, carrots for the reindeer. Always. Okay. And of course, that was one job my father thoroughly enjoyed. Was eating cookies. Yeah, and the milk, you know. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Oh yeah, it was always that was a big deal. And then, of course, as we each, you know, got older, and we each knew we nobody spoiled it. We were all a year apart. Nobody spoiled anything on anybody. So it was well. That's good. Very nice. Yeah, it really was. It was nice. So it was good. Good memories and and lots of same thing. Lots of food and but it was a Christmas Day food thing. Not and we always had a party. During the week, my mother would always have relatives and people over, friends over, always. There was always a Christmas mm-hmm. party between Christmas and New Year's. And that's why my mother would always have all these extra cookies and goodies. And, yeah. well, we're having the party. And then there's New Year's, so there's always another holiday. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that reminds me. Yes, we did that, too. There was always a... a an interim thing where people, guests with friends would come over. Yeah. And it would be cookies and, and the most fun thing I used to love is it always that was really a treat was to have um onion dip and and, and potato mm, chips and pro- oh know. my god yes. yes that was a big thing so that was that a was big thing the back then for our appetizers right was onion yes dip. <laughs> yes it was wow they're like the best things in the world all these wonderful yes. appetizers yeah, yeah, but that was a treat. It was, uh, like yep. you said, going for fast food. 
that was uh, maybe once or twice a year. You would have potato yeah. chips and dip. That was a big thing. Yep. Love mm-hmm. it. Love it. It was all well, good. Well, then I'm looking quickly at my new beautiful pillows from Nod and Company. So, um, okay. you know, you're listening to us. It's not too late to continue to shop all these wonderful times. Stores and and um, new laundry and over the moon and not in company and all those fun places, um, friends of ours and you know, uh, Rain Tree, all of those. No Notology. Yeah, it's it just mm-hmm. it's not too late when you're listening because people are out buying their. I remember I used to wait till that time years ago till Christmas Eve to do a lot of stuff. So, but yeah. anyway, okay. Yeah. So we're going to have our next guest. Uh, uh, Fidelity as our guest expert. Uh, Joanne, what's Joanne's last name? Pazuti. 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 That's right. She'll be yeah. up next for Fidelity. So hang on tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. The well-established and highly respected Northeastern Pennsylvania certified public accounting firm, Michael A. Barbetti, LLC, is making changes after almost 40 years in business. The firm name has changed and is now Barbetti McHale, LLC, CPA, reflecting the addition of Michael F. McHale as partner in the longstanding firm. Although the name and partnership are a significant change, the staff won't change. Their Dunmore location won't change. The way they serve clients won't change. Their work ethic won't change. And Michael Barbetti's involvement won't change. The Barbetti-McHale partnership adds Mike McHale's three decades of experience in corporate and not-for-profit accounting for the clients of the regional firm. Barbetti-McHale LLC certified public accountants provides professional accounting and tax services to all types of clients, ranging from individuals and family-owned businesses to governmental agencies and non-profit organizations. Call Barbetti-McHale CPAs at their Dunmore office, and you too can make a change for the better. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity. My checking account, uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans, and I am a certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And our guest expert today from Fidelity Bank is Joanne Pasuti. Joanne is the assistant vice president and branch manager of the Abington branch of Fidelity Bank. Welcome, Joanne. Well, thank you so much, Lori and Lynn. It's a pleasure to be here today. Well, that, we're glad Hi, that you're Joanne. joining us. She's our, um, our first-timer, Laura. So, Ooh, baby. 
All righty. Go gentle. So. Go gentle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll be fine. Exactly. All right. So anyway, we thought that this would be a wonderful opportunity for you to talk about how much uh, Fidelity Bank is not just about the bricks and mortar of a branch office, but all the wonderful things that in inclement weather like we're currently experiencing, how you can still do banking full-time online. So why don't you tell us about all the wonderful things that people could do? Absolutely. Thank you, Lynn. I'd love to. So, you know, life is busy, right? Um, we're all multitaskers, especially this time of year with um, Christmas oh, yeah. and holidays and everything. And um, now, as you said, um, the winter weather is upon us, and we never know. Are we going to be able to get out and about and get everything done? Um, but it's nice to know that when it comes to banking, Fidelity Bank offers our digital toolbox to make our banking much easier um, and more accessible 24-7. Um, and it's meant to get you out of line and get you online. Um, so I like that. That's cute. Get out of line and online. I like that. Absolutely. So the first thing you need to do is visit our website, bankatfidelity.com, and step one is to sign up for online banking. It's super simple to do. It's all just fill in the blank, and then you're ready to get started. Um, from there, um, you can use our web bill pay service, which is a great way to pay your bills, whether it be um, you're paying an individual bill uh, or an individual payment or setting them up for recurring um, monthly bills, uh, monthly payments. And um, you can do that on your laptop, on your tablet, and mobily. Um, you can... Download the mobile app, as I just mentioned, and from there, you can do everything that you can do on a laptop. So you can transfer money between your Fidelity accounts. You can pay your bills, um, your Fidelity, um, if you have any loans with us. Um, you can do mobile deposit, so especially now with this weather, or if you're home and feeling under the weather. Um, just take a quick picture of the front and back of the check. And you can mobile deposit it to your account. Super simple. I love that one. <laughs> I heard a little snicker, though. Yeah, I said I love that. I love that mobile deposit idea because it's just that is truly something that gets you out of line and online. You know, just standing there having to, at, at a teller, in front of a teller, having to sign the check, have them key it in, then run it through the machine, then give you a deposit slip. All that is just not even necessary when you take a picture from your phone of the front and the back of the check and you hit a button that says accept it and you're done. Mm -hmm. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yes, you get your little check mark that says it's successful and you know yeah. where you have to go. And I love you've it. Saved, you saved another stop that you can, you know, check something off your to-do list. Mm -hmm. um, another feature with the um, digital tools and online banking is pop money. So you can send money um, to another person um, just by having their email 
or their mobile phone number. Another an, another super simple feature um, mm-hmm. that's available. Um, don't have to worry about. So, Joanne, uh, is that? Excuse me, Joanne, is that like like a Venmo kind of situation? Similar, very similar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it is. That's cool. I didn't realize that that's what that was for. So that's really neat. I do that all the time, and I never used my. Oh, that's great. I didn't even know I could do that. Okay. Look at what you're learning here today. This is awesome. <laughs> I know. Every time we do these, I learn one more thing. I love it. Love it. See that? Um, yeah, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. Oh, absolutely. Questions oh, are welcome. Um, another okay. great feature is text and email alerts. Because you And you can set them up, again, on your laptop or on your mobile device. Because if... We're very busy, and we want to keep track of our accounts and make sure that um, there's nothing coming through that, you know, we didn't authorize. So a great way to, you know, know what's going on is setting up alerts. And you can, there's, there's a big, long list of, um, of items that you can select from. But just for example, you want to know each time your debit card is used so you get a notification or uh, perhaps you want to set uh, a limit um, when, when your balance gets to a certain minimum so that you don't go into an overdraft situation. Um, so there's just there's many, many in the list. Um, those are just a few, um, but very convenient and, and helpful in managing um, your money and your accounts. Um, also along those lines is card valet. And that's a great feature. It gives you the opportunity to be able to actually turn your card off. So if you think, oh, gee, I lost my card, I'm not sure where it is, or even worse, did someone steal my card? I don't want any activity on it. I can go into the app, go into Card Valet, and turn the card off. And then when I find it in the other jacket pocket that I put it in, <laughs> I could just turn it back on. Great feature. Yep. Yeah, love it. Uh, <clears throat> love it. You can also, within that feature, uh, set geographic parameters. So say you only want to um, be able to use the card uh, within a 50-mile radius. Uh, you can set that feature up. You can also set spending limits. You can turn it off for Internet purchases so that you know that um, that can't take place unless you turn it back on and allow it. Uh, just a lot of uh, ways for security and for managing your account um, at your fingertips on your phone. Um, one other thing is digital wallet, which is uh, instead of actually using your card, you have all of that information stored on your mobile device, and then through the app, uh, whether it be Apple Pay or Samsung Pay, uh, you know you can just pay that way instead. So again, um, so many different features and ways to uh, use the, use your phone um, as your mobile bank. Joanne, okay. cool I have a question: How? Joanne, how do it just seems like every time we we do any segment on what's available through the app, it's amazing to me, and I learn something. But 
I think, I mean, how often do these things come up where all of these new um, uh, perks or new um, ideas or not, not idea, but new of the new ability to do something else, it just keeps getting added. How Does that just change based on the technology or based on what the trend is or how do you, how does, how do those changes take place and then whether or not they're able to be applied to the app in the first place? Well, as you know, Lori, um, technology changes constantly. So when right. there are where there are new uh, applications, uh, new features that are available, um, Fidelity Bank uh, implements them into our app, and that's why, you know, you may um, have upgrades to apps. Um, as you may on, on other apps as well, um, where they'll be updated and those new features will be installed. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and, and <coughs> do you happen to know, Joanne, is, is that particular app that is the one that's used by Fidelity, is that something that was individually designed or is that something that that somebody else made it for all banks and you just adapt it to um, your own bank? That I don't know the answer to. Okay. I, I was just curious because, you know, I use a lot of other bank apps, you know, for, for things, and they all look different. There's no kind of like one size fits all, and what you do is you throw your logo on it, it becomes yours. Mm -hmm. So I was just wondering if, if there is... Um, opportunities for people who are users of the um, online apps to offer suggestions uh, on a local level that somebody could say, oh, we never thought about that. That's a great idea. Let's add that to the app. And that every time, you know, they do an upgrade, they, they add a couple of different new features, which is essentially how you build apps anyway. You know, you just mm -hmm. get feedback from the users but sometimes if they are already pre-programmed and you buy the app from some other developer, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. You just have to wait until they come up with upgrades. So I was thinking when I was using it last night, I was using the Fidelity app, that there was one feature I would have loved to have seen. And maybe it's something that is there that I don't see. But I had an overdraft um, on one of the accounts. It was something like $70, and it automatically went from that particular overdraft line of credit into uh, my checking account. It just was set up for that purpose. But then when I tried to turn it around and pay it back to clear it, there's no way to do that online. I have to go, I mean, in the app. I'd have to go online and do it manually. So... I throw that out there because it's almost one of those things that would make it 100% complete, that it would be the equivalent of what you can do with a laptop, um, and you can now do that on the app. And I just that made me start thinking, um, is this app something that was developed locally, or is it something that is pre-programmed? But whatever, I'll have to go to the IT people at fidelity and suggest that that's a great suggestion and uh, yeah. i certainly will share that as well okay all right well um 
believe it or not. <laughs> we just blew that whole thing. Joanna, so. go fast. There you go. There you go, Laurie. So <laughs> tell, everybody, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Well, absolutely. I would love to share that. Um, my phone number here in the Abington branch is 570-586-8279. Or you can email me at joanne.pizzuti at fddbank.com. Okay. Great. Joanne, where are you from originally? I am originally from upstate New York, but I've been in this area for about 25 years. I know, but I can still hear your accent. I love it. I love it. Okay. There you go. Uh-huh. All right. Well, Joanne, have a wonderful have a wonderful holiday. You did a great job on your first time here. So hopefully oh, we'll talk you. to you again. And you're welcome. And everybody else, please, please, please have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family and your loved ones, and um, be nice, or be safe, I have to say first, and please be nice. See you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy holidays. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 